John. So if you want to take your Bibles and go to John chapter 10, we're going to continue as we go through the book of John. And as you go there, I just want to take a moment and say welcome to all of you. Um, if you're here today as a guest, we want to thank you for being here. Um, this is for us. This is a place of, of family, uh, a place of home, a place of welcome. And I hope that we are able in some way to spill that over to each of you this day. Uh, whatever your uh, experience level is with us or your experience of this week, I hope that when we get together in the name of Jesus that there is that sense of real warmth and, and home and uh, safety in the presence of Jesus Christ and in the presence of his children as we get together. Um, in the book of John, um, Jesus talks a lot about, uh, there's, there's some themes as we go through it. And I want to dive into some of the, one of those big themes today. And kind of as we get there, I was, uh, I was talking with some folks this week in, um, here at church. And on Sunday, this is a, a very noisy place with all you having conversations and people in and out and going up and down halls and all that stuff. But during the week, it's a very quiet place. So if I'm sitting, talking with someone in the prayer room or in, in my office there, whatever, it's relatively quiet. Well, as I was talking with these folks, all of a sudden there was this commotion. And what it was is somebody had come into the church. And I'm sitting, listening to, to talking my conversation, and I'm kind of like, do I know who that is? Because I'm listening for the voices, right? Have you ever done that? Like, who is that? Who's, that? who's that over there? I'm listening for their voices. And I couldn't pick out their voices. So after a couple seconds, I was like, well, I don't know who that is. I guess we'll figure that out later. Well, it turns out it was somebody that I knew, but I hadn't seen for a really long time. So if I had recognized who, you know, the, the, the pool of people I was picking from, I might have had a better shot at it. But we do that a lot in today's world. We try to um, recognize who's coming or who's around or whatever by their voices. It has to be somebody that you know well enough to recognize by their voice. Like, I can't just get phone calls from people on the phone, you know, hi, this is so-and-so. Hi, this is Susie from Verizon or something, you know. Like, okay, I don't know Susie. I don't recognize this voice I don't because I don't know her, right? But if I know somebody, when I'm talking to them on the phone, I, like, is this, is this who I think it is? As a matter of fact, have you ever had, called somebody's house and, and somebody picks up the phone and you're trying to identify who it is by their voice? Have you ever do that? People do that at our house, and, and over the last few years, it's been a lot of times where the girls have picked up the phone and been mistaken for Dana, because you're just going by the voice, the hello, you know, and you, that's all you got to go on. Now, if you really know my family, or after you just have a conversation with them for a few minutes, you, you can tell which person you're talking to, right? Because why? Because you know them. You know the kind of things they say. You know the way they put phrases together. You know their voice. And so you recognize that. I'm sure if my boys ever answered the phone, they might be mistaken for me. You know what I mean? But they never answer the phone, so that'll never happen. But the idea is there, there can be even very similar voices, but if you really know the person, you can sort out between them. Do you know what I'm talking about? So the topic we're going to talk about today is, is knowing someone by their voice kind of is a part of what Jesus talks about in John 10. Now, John 10 is a chapter where Jesus introduces this concept of being an, a shepherd to sheep. So let me ask you this morning, how many of you have been a shepherd in your life? One? Two? Two? Not many, not many. Now, if I had said this to the crowd around Jesus, how many of you have been a shepherd? It would have probably been a very high percentage of people. 
who at some point in their life had been a percentage. We look at it from afar relative to what Jesus looks at it as up close and the people that he's talking to. So this picture can get confusing for us. Um, it was a, a picture that was very worthwhile in that time because if you think about it, all the big names from the Old Testament were shepherds. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Jacob's sons, Joseph, all shepherds, right? David, shepherd, Moses, shepherd. They were all shepherds. They all had flocks that they cared for. They all had uh, animals under their care. And so they were very familiar with this concept. And in the New Testament, it continued. There were many, many people that were uh, employed and, and, and fulfilled this role at some point in their lives. So when, when Jesus talks about shepherd and sheep, this was a, a very understandable, relatable picture that he was using. There are a lot of aspects to this picture that Jesus is going to talk about in this chapter. How he describes himself as a shepherd and his people as sheep. And he kind of relates that. We're not going to get into all of that today, but we're going to kick it off with where he starts here. There are some specific ways Jesus uses this picture to emphasize his role, to contrast his role with the role of the religious leaders around him. What Jesus says is there are good shepherds and there are bad shepherds. And probably in the crowd, people were like, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. There are shepherds who are concerned for the sheep, caring for the sheep, wanting to make sure that the flock is well-fed and taken care of and protected and safe. And then there are bad shepherds who ask, what's the least I can do and not get in trouble? You know, how many sheep can I lose before I lose my job? Like, they just don't care, right? Jesus also introduces in this, in this passage we're going to talk about today, this idea of thieves and robbers who want to destroy the sheep. They're just not careless. They're actively trying to bring destruction to the sheep. And what Jesus says is that the sheep should know safety because they know the voice of their shepherd. They know how to follow the one who cares for them because they know his voice. They are familiar with the voice of their shepherd, and so they follow him. I also want to say, before we read, and we're going to start at verse 1 of chapter 10, we're going to actually get down to verse 10, but we're just going to start with the first six verses. So John chapter 10 is where we're going to be. And, and as, as I read this, I want to just make this kind of overarching thing as you read the Gospels and parables, and, and specifically this issue here. Sometimes when Jesus gives word pictures and tells stories, we get all lost in it because we don't pay attention to two key things. Number one, Jesus is talking to specific people. He's not just talking, he's not talking to like the, the whatever we want to view it as. He's not just speaking in, uh, to an abundance of people. He's speaking to specific people. In this passage, he's speaking to the false shepherds, the, the thieves and the robbers. That's who he's speaking to. And I'll, we'll see that as we start it. He's not speaking to good shepherds. He's not even really speaking to his sheep. He's speaking to false shepherds. And so there's something about that. We don't consider who Jesus is talking to, and so we get off track because we try to take every part of the word picture and make it mean something. The other thing is, generally speaking, when Jesus gives a word picture, he's trying to teach a, a simple truth, a 
direct truth. He's not trying to give a complete picture of it. He's trying to make a point. And so don't get off of that point too far or you, things start to fall apart in the analogies. And it's like, well, in this parable, he says this. And who's this guy? And who's that guy? And what's this? And what's the soil? And what's the plant? And what are the rocks? And what, Like we try to get into all that stuff and it gets a little bit confusing. So let's, we're going to try to stay on track with the big picture here. All right, so follow with me, John chapter 10. Start with me at verse 1 down to verse 6. Here's what Jesus says. I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought them out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow, them, follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech or this parable, but they did not understand what he was telling them. All right, so Jesus begins to speak. And there's not really a context here about how he speaks. It doesn't seem like we're past the healing of the blind man in the last chapter and the Pharisees who said they can see. And Jesus said, you're blind. Um, and, and then when they said, no, no, we're not blind, he said, well, that's why your sin remains, because you claim to see. And then he jumps into this, and it seems like it's right on the heels of that to the same group of people. But he starts off with this thing that we see in John over and over again, this phrase, truly, truly. In the, in the King James, it was verily, verily. And in the, the New Inter- International Version that I'm reading here, I tell you the truth. The idea, as we've seen many times, is, okay, so listen, pay attention. What I'm about to say to you is really true and really important. You can build your life on this. This is really understandable and really true. Listen to, if you haven't been paying attention, if you've tuned out, listen now. And so then he begins into this story. And the story that he tells or the the analogy that he tells here about sheep and a shepherd is one that most people listening to would start to like, yeah, that makes sense. I get that. I understand that. The situation that he uses is a description of the way that a lot of villages operated back in the time of Jesus. Many people had flocks and herds, and they would live in a village, but they would have their sheep and herds out during the day to go feed and, you know, get watered and all that stuff. And then they would bring them in at night. So you had shepherds that cared for different flocks, and they would take their sheep out and watch over them during the day. And then at night, the whole town would have a community sheep pen. And they would bring the sheep back to this pen, and there would be a gatekeeper or a watchman who let the sheep in. And as he let the sheep in, he would look at each one. He would make sure that they were marked so that they knew which flock they belonged to. This one's yours. This one's yours. Whatever your mark is, we've got to make sure we know who belongs to who. He would also look and check for um, any problem like disease or infestation of bugs or whatever, something that would be a threat to the other sheep. And he would make sure that the sheep who came in were healthy enough to come into the pen and they wouldn't be a threat to other sheep. And so this is the picture Jesus uses. Now the next day when the shepherd got up and went to go get his sheep, the watchman recognized the shepherd and let him in. And he would call his sheep and the sheep that belonged to him would recognize his voice and they would come out and they would follow the the shepherd back into the pasture. Makes sense, right? 
It's a picture that you and I aren't familiar with. I don't know any of your towns that have a sheep pen where everybody brings their sheep at the end of the day. We don't, we don't live like that. But that's a very, very normal situation for the people listening to Jesus' voice here. The shepherd couldn't come in and take anyone's sheep. He came in and took the sheep that had his mark, the sheep that followed his voice. And so Jesus starts. Now, I want you to see how he starts this because that's why I'm talking about him emphasizing the false shepherds. He begins by saying, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. He begins with the, the thieves and robbers. The people, and he's got this, you get this picture of like this guy climbing over the, the wall of the sheep pen to get in. He's doing it in secret. He's hiding his, his identity, his intentions, his movements. He's doing it in the dark. He couldn't come to the door of the sheep pen because he would be acknowledged as a false shepherd, as uh, someone who doesn't have a right to those sheep. And so he would be rejected. He would be put out. So the emphasis here is on these thieves and robbers, not on the shepherd. And everything Jesus says about the shepherd after it is a contrast to the thieves and robbers. Jesus says, the shepherd comes in by the door. The thief doesn't. He says, the shepherd knows his sheep and calls them by name. The thief and the robber doesn't. The shepherd leads them out and they get pasture and they get fed. The thief and the robber don't. Like everything Jesus says about the shepherd is contrasted to someone who is a false shepherd or a thief or a robber. And so these thieves, Jesus says, climb in by some other way. And the people go, yeah, that makes sense. Why would the shepherd climb over the wall? The shepherd wouldn't climb over the wall. He would come in through the door. He would come in through the gate. So then he says, and then verse 2, the man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The the real shepherd doesn't need to hide, doesn't need to sneak in. He comes in boldly. He comes in confidently. And the watchman or the gatekeeper recognizes him and lets him in. And, And I want you to see this. Jesus says the shepherd knows each sheep by name. You see that? Now, that doesn't, Maybe register with you if you don't think about it, but think about that for a second. What Jesus is saying, he's clearly positioning himself as the shepherd. And he's saying, I know my sheep by name. Do you know how many sheep belong to Jesus today around the world? At least hundreds of millions. Conservative estimates are like 700, 800 million people have trusted Christ as their Savior. Now, there are about approximately 2.2 billion people who call themselves Christians, but you know you can call yourself a Christian and not have actually trusted Christ, right? You know that. Like, I, oh, I'm, I, I just go to this church. I belong to this religion, and so therefore I'm Christian. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about people who are actually sheep, actually have trusted Christ, actually follow Him. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But Jesus says He knows the name of each sheep. He has a personal relationship with each of his children. Did you know that Jesus is about to call himself the shepherd and by extension saying he knows your name? Those who follow Jesus, those who are part of his flock are loved by Jesus. And in order to be loved by Jesus, they have to be known by Jesus. You know? I always love it at some of these award shows where they're like, I love you all. I love all my fans. No, you don't. You don't even know all your fans, right? How could you love all your fans? You love what they give you. You love what they do, but you don't love them because you don't even know them. 
right? They might irritate you to death. You don't know, right? I hate you. Get out of my face. You don't know until you know them. Jesus is saying, I love you because I know you. I know your name. And the implication of that is I know your life. I know your situation. You may have come in today heavy-hearted about something. You may have come in bleeding from some wounds that maybe happened a long time ago or maybe happened very recently. You may have come in stressed out about life. Here's what I want you to pick up from this. The shepherd knows you by name. And it means he knows your situation. I'm not saying you can't go to God and pour out your soul. God, this is what's happening. He's not irritated by that. But I want you to know he already knows. He already knows you. He knows what's going on in your life. He has a personal relationship with you. And what he says in in verse 3 is, he calls his sheep by name and leads them out. The shepherd leads the sheep. You know why? Because sheep need to be led. If you open the door to the sheep pen, the sheep don't go, oh, good, it's time to go out. Let's go out and find something to eat. The sheep don't do that. The sheep as a group need to be led. They need to be led to pastures that are healthy. They need to be led to water that is clean. Or they'll just go drink at a puddle that, that who knows what's going on in there. You know, they don't, they don't have discernment. They need to be led. And so the shepherd leads the sheep. The, the sheep are not self-sufficient. If they are left to their own devices, they will find something harmful. They will find something damaging. They will cower in fear. They will be paralyzed by not knowing which direction to go. They need someone to say, here's where we're going. Come, follow me. And the shepherd is the one who does that. And so Jesus says, the shepherd leads his sheep out, calls his sheep by name and leads them out. So those who follow the shepherd are under his care. They are safe because he's watching over them. He, they are provided for because he is taking them to places where they can go out and into pasture and find food and find water. They are safe and provided for because they follow the shepherd. Because they know his voice. Because they follow his lead. You connecting the two there? What does that mean about sheep who don't follow the shepherd? They wind up in really bad places, don't they? Have you ever done that? Where, you know, God wanted this in your life and and the Lord wanted that and Jesus was leading you to this and you were like, I don't care. I'm going to go do this. Did it take you to a place that you really enjoyed being? A place that you really loved living? Or did it take you somewhere else? The point here, the key here, is the sheep follow the shepherd because they know his voice, they trust him, and they listen to him. Christianity in the word of God, being a follower of Jesus Christ, is never, ever described as just believing and then going on with your life like nothing happened. It is never described like that. It is always described as something transformational that changes the very nature of who you are down to the depths of your soul. And you know how it does that? Because you start following him. When you come to Christ, you don't come to Christ and say, yeah, I think he's a shepherd. Yeah, good job, shepherd. He's not a shepherd to you, effectively, unless you follow him, right? And in in the New Testament, we see words like repent, follow, give your life as a living sacrifice, take up your cross. We see words like this, words that are not like, 
Just pray a prayer and you're good. You don't have to worry about it. Just put that off your mind and just tell God you like him. He's cool and you, you want him to rescue you from hell and you're, you're good to go. That's not New Testament Christianity. New Testament Christianity is, if he's the hope for forever, then he's the hope for today. So if he's good enough to follow into eternity, he's good enough for you to say, you're the one I want leading my life right now. Now, are we doing that? How much influence does Christ have in your everyday life? How much effect does it have that you are following the shepherd? Are you safe and sound? Are you provided for? Are you cared for or are you going your own way? The picture that Jesus gives here is a picture of a flock that's okay because they follow the genuine shepherd. They are not duped and they are not careless enough to follow any voice. So let me ask you, who are you following? In the, I'm not talking about who, what church are you going to. I'm talking about as you live your life, are you actively listening to and following the shepherd? Do you even know how to do that? Jesus says the sheep know how to follow because they recognize they're so familiar on a daily basis with their shepherd's voice who leads them out every day that when the shepherd comes in, they go, oh yeah, time to go. I, I recognize that voice. I know him. Let's go follow him. That's what we do. You know? Now, there's been many times in the morning where I went up to my kids' rooms and I said, it's time to get up. And they recognize my voice and they tremble in fear. Not really, but I will tell you this. If some stranger came into the house the other day, this was Saturday morning or something like that, some guy came knocking on our front door. Big dude, a motorcycle guy. His motorcycle had, had broken down uh, and he wanted to park it in my driveway for a couple minutes. And it was, it was early enough that not everybody was up. And I was up, but I was kind of like, you know, still kind of getting myself together or whatever, like gathering my thoughts. And this knock on the door was, whoa. Imagine if I had sent him upstairs. Hey, the kids need to get up. Go wake them up. Now we were talking about fear and trembling. Why? There's a stranger that I don't know, and suddenly I feel unsafe as I hear his voice, right? What I will tell you is that one of the enemy's greatest tricks is to make you follow his voice and lose your fear of a strange voice. Make you follow things you shouldn't because you're not familiar enough with following the voice of the shepherd. You aren't practiced in it. You're, it's not habitual for you. Who are you following? Sheep who ignore their shepherd's voice may think themselves free, but they're actually walking to their doom. Sheep who think, well, I'll, tr- I'll look to Jesus when something's really hard, when something's really bad. I'll look to him then, and then I'll try to figure out which voice is his, and then I'll follow him. But up till then, I want to do what I want to do. I'll figure out the path I want to go. I'll figure out what I think is fun, what I think is exciting, what I think I want to be or what I want people to think of me. I don't need to listen to him. I need to listen to me. I need to listen to my emotions. I need to listen to that ache inside of me for something. You might think you're free, but you're walking to your doom. Jesus says they don't follow a stranger. And this idea of never follow a stranger is not like you can't make a mistake if you're a sheep of Christ. That's not the idea. The idea is that those sheep who are in the habit and the practice of following their shepherds recognize a stranger's voice right away. And when the stranger walks in, they go, oh, I don't want that. 
How practiced are you at it? Now, I mean, there were people who came before Christ here. That's why we can kind of deduce. He's not really talking about, you know, everybody else. The, the, the idea of, of stranger, they, they never follow. Because the idea here is the people of God were following strangers. They were following false prophets. Strange messiahs had shown up and lots of people had followed them because they weren't practiced in knowing the word of God and, and listening to the Father's instruction through the, the Son. But this strange voice causes the sheep to run. Those who try to lead the sheep but not to care for the sheep are categorized as strangers. Do you know what they want to do to the sheep, strangers? They want to destroy the sheep. If a false shepherd is leading your life, and there's lots of ways for that to be leading your life, anything that's directing your decisions, your thoughts, and your emotions that isn't Jesus Christ is a false shepherd. And you know where it's leading you to? Destruction. Destruction. You might have well-practiced history of following that leader in your life. But as you go, as destruction shows up in your life from it, it is supposed to be a sign that this is not a shepherd you should be following. This is not a voice you should be listening to. These shepherds are not for the sheep. They are for themselves. And Jesus is saying, I'm a shepherd who's for the sheep. The leaders of Israel are not. And so Jesus uses this parable, but they don't understand. In the last chapter, they didn't see. In this chapter, they don't understand. They can't understand. They can't process what Jesus is saying. Part of why Jesus is talking to the religious leaders, he's explaining why they can't control the people who are flocking to Jesus. Jesus is saying, these are my sheep, and they're done with your false voices. They're coming to the truth. And because they are my sheep, they're coming, and they will follow me, and they will not listen to you. We'll see that in the next chapters. The Jewish leaders over the next couple chapters get more and more exasperated. Like, what do we have to do to shut this man up? And why is everybody following him? And Jesus is saying, they're following me because I'm the shepherd and they're my sheep and they recognize my voice. They know the safety of being with Jesus. They know how to let him lead them. They know that Jesus' direction defines safety for them. That's a big deal. Do you know that the only place you are actually legitimately safe is when Jesus is leading you? Do you know that? I don't mean here. I mean here. Do you believe that? Is that true in how you live your life? As you make calls about, will I do this or will I do that? Will I let this emotion sit in me or will I go to him for for resolving that emotion? Will I allow this situation to perturb me or will I find some peace somehow? In all of those decisions, are you going to him? Are you following him? Do you know how to hear his voice or not? Do you believe that the only safe place is with the shepherd? Now, one other thought. This is interesting to me, but it's, it's not exactly in there, but it's something that occurred to me. When a threat comes, let's say not in the sheep pen at night, but during the day, when a threat comes at the sheep, do you know what the sheep tend to do? If they recognize it, they don't always recognize it, but if they recognize it, do you know where they go? To the shepherd. Threats that come into your life when you have a healthy relationship with God, pressure that comes into your life drives you to the shepherd. Have you noticed that? 
Maybe for some of you, the only time you really pursue God is when there's some kind of crisis and stress. I might suggest to you that that might be why there's a lot of crises in your life. Because it's the only time you go to where you need to go. It's when you're threatened. Oh, yeah, that's right, Jesus. I need Jesus. Well, maybe you need Jesus more than just in crisis. Maybe you need him every day. Maybe it needs to be a habit and a pattern and the normal thing of your life instead of something surprising and different and new. The, the, those who come to destroy the sheep only drive them closer to the shepherd. And so Christians, listen, Christians, we don't live in a really safe world. We're safer than many, but we're not safe. In Christianity, when threats come, real sheep stand up. They don't cower down, they stand up. When was the last time you stood up for Jesus? I'm not saying you told everybody else how wrong they were. You just said, listen, I don't know about all the rest of you, but here's where I stand. I believe in Jesus Christ. He's the Lord of my life. I'm going to follow him. He's the biggest deal for me. That's it. I let the rest of the chips fall wherever they will. That's who it is for me. When was the last time you did that? That should be normal for us. We watched a movie on Wednesday night, God's Not Dead, and the whole kind of theme of that movie was that standing up for Christ, even in hopeless situations, somehow God takes and turns into something that you never thought could happen. The whole idea of that storyline was that one after another, people were being called to take a stand, not to tell other people what they should believe, but to say, this is what I believe, and I'm not ashamed of it. And then watch God use that, just that willingness to stand. And what it did is it drove each of them closer to the shepherd the threats that came into their life because they trusted Jesus more than they feared whatever was coming. Is that how we live with our shepherd? All right, pick up with me at verse seven down to verse nine. Here's Jesus kind of comes at this from a different angle. So verse seven, therefore, because they didn't understand, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All whoever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. I am the gate. I tell you the truth, verily, verily, listen to this, I am the gate. So he uses the same picture, this picture of a sheep pen with a gate and sheep coming in at night, but he changes it a little bit. He uses kind of a different take on it. Not exactly the same thing, kind of this, I am the door. I am the gate. I am the way in to the sheep pen. I'm the way in. In order to get in, sheep, you have to come through me. Now, in our you know, thoughtful culture today, that is ridiculously offensive. But it is undeniably what Jesus teaches, that he is exclusively the way to God. That there is no other way. There aren't lots of doors. Jesus says, I am the door. There is only one way to have a relationship with God and it is through Jesus Christ. That excludes a lot of things. That includes religions that do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as the Son of God, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. They are excluded from the hope of salvation. But it also includes anything that is around Christ but isn't Christ. In other words, 
the door, the gate, is not the church. You don't come to church and get to God through church. Now, the family of God can build your walk with Christ, but you come to God and you have a relationship with God through the door, Jesus Christ. If any church is not deliberately focused on Him, there is no hope of connecting with God because He is the door. He is the way in, only way in. The Gospel of John has so many moments like this where Jesus is extremely clear about who He is and how to be what He says in verse 9, saved. The concept here is the concept of sheep that would be left out in the dark in the night to their own devices vulnerable to attack by predators and thieves and robbers who would kill them. They are saved, safe, by coming into the sheep pen to be protected. How do they get in? How do they get in to be saved from all that danger, from all that mess? Through Jesus Christ. So is your life a mess? Is your life heavy and hard? Are you filled with danger? Does it feel like life is just going to eat you up? Jesus says, I am the door. You get saved through me. If you want salvation in your life for eternity, if you want salvation in your life for a specific situation, it comes by going in the door through Jesus Christ. Jesus says, everyone who came before me were thieves and robbers. He's not talking about Moses and the patriarchs and the prophets. He's not talking about them. What he's talking about is all the false messiahs that had just shown up in the past couple hundred years and said, follow me, I speak for God. He's talking about the religious leaders who are standing right in front of him, who consistently use their power and influence for themselves at the expense of the sheep. They were all about selfish gain. They were never about serving the people of God and thereby serving God. And so Jesus specifically is talking about those who now come, these Pharisees, these religious leaders who are trying to sway the people. We saw in the last chapter, they were trying to sway the people by threatening them that if you believe in Jesus, you're out. You're out of the synagogue. Remember that? They are trying to pull people from the shepherd. And Jesus said, the sheep don't listen to you. That man that you told to shut up and kept talking, do you know why he kept talking? Because he won't listen to you. Because he knows his shepherd. That's what Jesus is saying. And he says, whoever enters through me will be saved. There is one way to be saved. And it applies to you if you have no idea where you stand with God. And it applies to you if you're a child of God. There is only one salvation offered. It's through Jesus Christ. Very specific, very purposefully exclusive. When Jesus says, you come through me, here's what he's talking about. He's saying, you have to believe who I say I am, that I am the Son of God, I'm the Son of Man, I'm the Messiah, I'm the hope of mankind, I'm the Savior of the world. You have to believe that to come through it. Can you imagine if the sheep walked over and like, here's the door, and they're like, no, I don't believe that's the door, I'm going over here, I'm going to try to get through this wall. Like, that's not going to work, right? Because he is the door. You can't deny reality. You have to accept reality. Jesus says, I am the door. And so if you want to get saved, you have to come through me. And what Jesus says is the reason you come through me is because I am the son of God. I'm a messenger from God. I speak the truth. But I want you to see this. And maybe some of you are on this fence today, but I want you to see this for sure. It is not just recognizing that that's the door. If a sheep came up to the door and stood there and said, sheep don't say anything, but if they did, right? 
Yes, that's the door. Absolutely. There's no other way in the pen but that pen, that door right there. And I would have to go through that door to get in the pen. Are they in? They have to do something, don't they? What do they have to do? It takes a choice and it takes an action to walk through the gate. What I'm saying to you is, you might be like, yeah, I believe Jesus is the only way. Yeah, I believe he's the way to salvation. Yeah, I believe, I believe, I believe. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to give him your life? Are you going to actively put your soul in his hands? Or are you just going to go, yep, he's the, he's the hope. And I'll just stand here and look at him. Going through the door takes you from outside to in. Takes you from danger and darkness to safety and warmth. Where do you want to be? You have to go through the door. Have you entered into that fold, that sheep pen through Jesus Christ? If you haven't, I pray that you would. I pray that the Spirit of God would would quicken in you an understanding and a a sense of recognition of what it takes to become a child of God. Faith that it actively chooses. Put your heart, your soul in His hands. And Jesus says, they come in and go out because the shepherd comes in and goes out. They come in. Why Why does He lead the sheep in? For rest. The shepherd leads the sheep in so they can sleep at night, safe and secure, so they can rest, so they don't have to carry the weight of the world on their shoulders. Has the shepherd led you in to the peace? And then it says in the daytime, he leads them out. Why does he lead them out? For provision. They need to eat. They need to drink. They need to move around. Right? He leads them out. The shepherd comes and leads them in and leads them out. And what he says is, whoever enters through me, I will do this for them. They will be a part of my flock, whoever, literally, if anyone will do this. The invitation is open to each of you. Even the leaders that Jesus is talking to here that are now refusing to accept who Jesus is, the invitation is open. He says, listen, the way in is through me. Maybe you've refused that many times. You thought this whole you know, Christianity stuff, people get a little overboard with it or whatever, and you're going to like it, but you're not going to get that close to it. Listen, you need to enter in today. What would this church look like if each of us were people who followed Jesus every day, found our safety, our security, our provision, and our rest in Jesus Christ alone? That we weren't ashamed that it was natural for us to follow him because that's where life is. What would it look like if every decision of your life came through that? Would it look different? Whoever will enter comes through him. That invitation is open to you today. The question is not whether you can be saved. The question is whether you will be saved. Whether you will choose to enter through the door. All right, one last verse. And this is a great verse, but it kind of sums up what Jesus has been talking about. So verse 10, here's what it says. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So Jesus kind of like in all that he just said, he sums it up in this thing. And then in verse 11, he really shifts to another picture. I am the good shepherd. And we'll look at that next week. But here's what he says. The thief steals and kills and destroys. And the the idea is steals life kills, destroys life in you. 
I wonder how many false shepherds you are following in your life and it keeps stealing from you. It keeps destroying you. The choices that you make, it might be a friendship around you that just keeps stealing from you and you keep following it. It's somebody who's demanding, someone who always needs more and you keep following it and it keeps killing you. I'm not saying there's not a place for love and compassion. and kind. There is. But are you responding to the shepherd or are you responding to the thief and the robber? Right? It might be a job. And God may have provided the job for you, but the job wants more. And they keep stealing from you because they are your life. They are your hope. And they keep taking and they keep destroying and destroying. They destroy relationships in your home. They destroy your marriage. Destroy, destroy. What I want you to know is that the thief doesn't come in and say, Hi, I'm the thief. The thief comes in and sneaks up on you. Your enemy, who wants to destroy you, will do whatever it takes to keep you from coming into the sheep pen through the door. If it's to keep you sick and in crisis and hopeless, he'll do that. If it's to make you comfortable and feel like everything's okay and you love your life, he'll do that. Whatever it takes for you to believe that you don't need the shepherd, that's what he'll do. But what keeps coming up in your life is thieves stealing and destroying. It might be a habit or an addiction, and it keeps bringing death in your life. It keeps promising that it will make you better, that it will help you get through the day, but it keeps bringing death to your day. Are you sick of it yet? Are you ready to be done with it? The thief will do anything and everything to keep you from the life the shepherd wants for you. He wants to steal that life from you. Certainly eternal life. When we die and we face judgment, will we be in heaven or will we go to hell? That idea certainly is what the enemy wants to steal from you. But he still wants to steal the life that Christ offers you today, right here, right now, keeping you distracted from the real life Jesus the shepherd has for you. In contrast, Jesus says, I have come, the shepherd has shown up, so that the sheep can have life and have it to the full. The phrase to the full, you've heard it said, abundant life. Life to the full. Those ideas are very much what that word says. Life that is more than is necessary. Life that is overflowing. He will give you a life that is alive. Too many sheep, are okay with just surviving. I just made it through the day. How are you? I'm just making it. Jesus came so that we would do more than make it. So that we would be reflections of a supernatural life that comes from the hand of Almighty God. And I will tell you this, if your soul is dead in some way, it's not because of anyone else around you. It's not because of your history and it's not because of your fearful nature about the future. It's because you haven't come in through the gate and found the shepherd to be the only hope for your life. And he offers it to you today. You need to stop pointing at all the reasons why you can't be alive in your soul and come to this simple invitation from Jesus Christ that says, I have come that you would have life and be filled up with it. Will you do that today? That's the offer. That's the opportunity. So we're just going to close with a moment of prayer today. And I'm going to give you the chance to have whatever conversation with God you need to have. The question is, would you like more life 
or less life. That's kind of how Jesus puts it. The thief comes to destroy and kill and steal. I come to give you life that is overflowing. Which one do you want? More life or less? The way you make that decision is by choosing who you will follow. Is your life full of destruction and you think you have no choice? Jesus says, come through the door. Have you gone in through the door, Jesus Christ? Have you placed your faith in him for eternity? Have you said, yes, here's my life, Lord. It's yours. You can do that today. And do you follow his voice? Have you made it a habit of listening to him and knowing him well enough to know him speaking, him leading? Every single one of us is never without leading in our life. We have a shepherd who wants to lead us. The question is, will we follow? So I invite you to follow today. Let's bow our heads just for a minute. And I'm going to give you a chance before I close in prayer just to have whatever conversation you need to have with your shepherd today. Maybe you're like, I've been ignoring you. I want to start listening. Have that conversation. Maybe it's, I don't know where I stand with you. I want to come in through the door. Help me to know how to do that. I want to put myself in your care. I want to be your sheep. I want you to to make me whole and clean and, and be the one that is my hope for life. I want you to have that conversation. Maybe it's, you've been holding on to things that are thieves. You've been following things that are destroying you and you need to stop and you need to start sorting through what brings life and what doesn't. Have that conversation in this moment. Father, what an incredible offer we have been given through your Son, Jesus Christ. Life to the full. A shepherd who knows us by name, who leads us. I pray that we would follow you. I pray that starting from this moment, we would listen to your voice. We would become practiced and habitual about following you. That, Father, we would be your sheep. We would come in through the door. Father, if there's anyone in this place today, anyone listening to this, who has never received that invitation to life eternal in Jesus Christ, I pray that today in their soul, they would walk through that door and put their heart and their soul and their life and their eternity in the hands of the good shepherd, Jesus Christ. Father, I pray for your people. I pray that we would be your sheep that we would not be duped and we would not be careless and we would not follow false things that lead us only to destruction, but we would follow you, trusting in you with our whole hearts. Father, I lift your people up to you. May your presence, your spirit, and your power go with us from this place because you live inside of us. May the Holy Spirit have us today and this week. May we be healed in the name of Jesus. May we be bold in the name of Jesus. May we be bright shining as lights in a dark world for the cause of Christ. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you all.